Hi, everyone, and welcome to Massey Talk. Today on our show, we will be discussing a variety of different articles and their important in our buzz segment. In the second half of our show, we will be debating the issue of pre-employment drug testing. Before we jump into our show, we would like to formally introduce ourselves. To begin, my name is Marina Hodgins, and I'm a senior at Penn State. Upon graduation, I will be working for Aramark in the A2L leadership program at City Field. My future goal is to eventually be able to obtain a managerial role in meeting and events. During the winter months, I like to ski, and during the warmer months, I will either be by the beach or the pool. Arden, can you tell me a little bit about yourself? Hi, everyone. My name is Arden Roadside. I am a junior interested in pursuing a career in commercial real estate, and I'm currently the vice president for the HAMA Real Estate Club, which is giving me great experience that I can use and learn from for a potential internship this summer. When I'm not studying, you can find me hanging out with friends and family as I am definitely a people person. Traveling is one of my favorite things to do and one of the main reasons why I chose to study hospitality. Isabel, tell me a little bit about yourself. Hello, my name is Isabel Amir and I'm a junior. Right now, I have an internship at the Penn Stater Hotel in the Banquets Department, and I think that it's giving me a lot of experience that I will definitely use in the future. After graduation, I hope to get a job in event planning, hopefully in the sports industry. Outside of school, I love going to the beach in the summer, and in the winter, I'm usually skiing and snowboarding at my house in the Poconos. Sam, can you tell me a little bit about yourself? Hi, my name is Samantha DeVito and I am a junior in the School of Hospitality Management here at Penn State. Some of the things about me is that I am currently working towards receiving my meetings and events certificate and I am interning at the Bryce Jordan Center in hopes of being an events coordinator in the future. When I'm not working towards my internship or career goals, I enjoy going to my hometown, New York City, exploring, eating at restaurants, and finding new activities with my friends, which is why I have my enjoyment for hospitality. Now we will begin with our buzz segment. We each picked articles from different desks, and these desks include something important, something everyone should care about, something cool, and here's something to watch out for. We each found articles that pertain to these topics. My team members and I will be discussing how our articles relate to our specific desk and why we think our article is important. I will begin with sharing my article and I will be coming to you from the desk of here's something to watch out for. I chose this desk because I feel it is important for people in the business and hospitality industry and the business world to be aware of the recent news and some important aspects that may be beneficial or impactful for them. The article I have chosen to talk about is called Caregiving Benefits Are Being Added for Workers, written by Joanne Samer on shrm.org on January 7, 2022. I feel it is very important for employers to understand the importance and responsibilities behind caregiving. Pretty much anyone can be a caregiver in any aspect, This could be a parent to a child, a child to a parent, or even a sibling to a sibling, and the list can go on. I have found some caregiving statistics on the Rosalind Carter Institute for Caregivers, which states that 73% have to leave work early and 52% have lost income because they've had to miss work. And this is all because they are caregivers. On the positive side though, 
some companies have been acknowledging this concern and have been implementing changes into their company. For example, Liberty Mutual has offered up to 10 days of emergency backup child and elder care relief through the end of 2021. They also began conducting surveys to better understand the caregiving needs and benefits of their employees. And they offered a company paid subscription service providing daily at-home learning activities and tutoring services. Many employers that also double as the role of a caregiver have stated that they would prefer caregiving benefits over higher salaries. This is this reason for this is because being a caregiver is their number one responsibility. And I think this truly shows the importance behind this issue because there are workers out there that have stated that they would rather be paid less than to have to change their caregiving lifestyles and the routine they've already adapted. I can personally relate to this issue because my late grandmother suffered from Alzheimer's disease when I was in high school. At the time, I was working a part-time job after school and often had to help my parents care for her as well. And I know if I had these benefits that I that a caregiver needs, I would have appreciated it much more. Marina, why don't you tell me about your article? So I actually found your article really interesting because I didn't know that 73% of people have to leave work early and 52% lost income because they had to miss work. So that was really interesting. Um, but today I'll be reporting from the important desk. I chose to focus on the important desk because I tend to find myself of a more analytical thinker and like to focus on real statistics and real world problems. So I chose the article article Female Founders in Short Supply at Enterprise Tech Startups, published on December 8th, 2021 by Isabel Basquade. So in summary, this article talks about how females have been underdepressed in the entrepreneur industry. They generally have a more difficult time for funding and credibility when it comes to starting their own business. And the article explains that men don't want to invest money into a woman's company because they are seen to be weak and they have a gut instinct that women typically make less money than men. Another devastating point that was illustrated in the article states that 18.1% of all software developers in the U.S. are women, and those women on average earn 88.7% of what their male counterparts earn. So to my understanding, this actually violates the equal opportunity law. Um, and the article also explains that male founders are typically asked promotion questions while women are being asked prevention questions um, that focuses on things that could go wrong. So they already are assuming that women are more likely to have issues in the workplace while men are to succeed. And this resonates how discrimination towards women is not just the pay difference, it's devastating that this discrimination is still persistent in 2021 and now 2022. And this article is important because it highlights important information about discrimination in the workplace. It is astonishing that it's still happening. And as a society, we need to take action against these discriminations and need to have better rules and regulations to prevent this from happening. As a woman myself, I have a personal connection to this article. And as I'm entering the workforce, this is something I need to be aware of. Arden, can you tell me as to why everyone should care about your article? Yeah, Marina, this really surprised me. I would never have thought that this would still be going on in 2022. So hopefully this changes soon. Um, but as for my article, I am reporting from the What Everyone Should Care About desk. 
and chose the article, A More Personalized Experience, which was published by ServiceNow on December 9th, 2021. This article is about how human resource departments have always been about supporting employees in the workplace and emphasizes how the pandemic has affected this. The pandemic has affected this due to many companies shifting to remote platforms, leaving employees feeling disconnected from HR practices since they do not have that face-to-face -face interaction. The article suggests ways to fix this, such as sending out emails and texts and building systems to make sure that no employee feels disconnected or left out of any important information and to feel that they're being respected. I think this is something that every company should care about and improve on because no business is successful without a positive work environment. Having good communication skills and feeling that you are cared for is one of the most important aspects in any job. This issue is so prevalent to society today as the pandemic is not something that is going away anytime soon and we need to start making improvements since this is our new norm. No one would want to lose a talented employee due to the fact that they are not feeling enough connection from their company. No company is perfect. I think this article is a great way to help businesses improve on and come up with ways to build that connection back. Isabel, what test did you do? I think that's definitely something that we should care about because I think that everyone um, has been really affected by the pandemic. And we all kind of struggle to find that face-to-face -face interaction in our everyday lives. But for my article, I'll be speaking from the desk. Here's something cool. And I chose this desk because I thought it'd be fun to find different ways that HR is really integrating into our rapidly changing world. I selected an article that really caught my attention. It's from Forbes and it's called 12 Ways That HR Managers Can Utilize Social Media to Woo Top Talent and it was written by Heidi Lynn Carter. So this article kind of explains how social media pages for companies are a great way that HR recruiters can try to impress the most talented individuals to work for them. And this article shows 12 ways how they can achieve this. So the article says that every social media post should be meaningful and show what the company is all about. Forbes social media data showed that employee and cultural posts have the highest engagement of all topics. These social media posts should be largely visual. People are more likely to want to work for a company if they practice what they preach, and this can be done through posting pictures or videos. Companies should try to highlight their work-life balance, maybe even showing workers enforcing their brand outside of work. These social media posts should also highlight the company's virtues and passions. Typically, if a person's passions align with the company's, then you're more likely to want to work for them. It's very important to give candidates um, an authentic look into what their job would be like. And this can be accomplished through employees posting on LinkedIn, expressing how they feel about their job. Employees are a company's best brand ambassadors. So I just explained a couple ways social media can be used to woo top talent. And it's cool because all these tips can be used throughout all social media platforms. Now that we heard all of our articles, we'll be moving on to the debate of pre-employment drug testing.
Hi guys, it's Arden again. I will be debating why I do not think employees should be drug tested prior to employment. This is my first debate and I'm super excited to jump into it. Hi, it's Isabel again and I'll be debating why pre-employment drug testing is beneficial to employers. I'm also very excited to debate with Arden. Hi, it's Marina again. I will be the facilitator in this debate and I'm excited to hear both sides. Hi, it's Samantha, and I will be one of the facilitators for today's debate. I am excited to be one of the facilitators because this is a role I haven't done before and excited to get to it. Today, our group will be discussing the pros and cons, as well as the effects of marijuana drug testing for employees. We picked this topic over others because it is a very relevant topic due to the fact that more states are beginning to legalize it. We have learned a lot about what is expected during interviews and employment, so our team was very excited to learn about this topic, as we ourselves will be seeking full-time jobs very soon. Each side will be discussing their reasonings and explanations as to why they are for or against this. To begin, I would like to ask Isabel as to why she believes pre-employment drug testing is necessary. So my argument is that pre-employment drug testing helps companies eliminate problems beginning with employment. If companies were to tell their potential employees of their policies, they can reduce the number of people with pre-existing drug problems from applying to these jobs. And you may think that these tests are expensive, but the cost of the tests actually pay off in the long run. And the test can be sent to a lab for a very fast turnaround. According to an article from E7 Health, it said pre-employment drug testing improves employee retention rates. Drug-free employees are healthier and also less likely to miss work unexpectedly. You mentioned healthier employees, yet medical marijuana is known to treat anxiety and pain-related issues. So why are we making a rule to drug test if this drug helps people all around the world with illness? I think that it's really up to the employees if they want to apply for these jobs, knowing that marijuana testing is required. You mentioned that these drug tests pay off in the long run. Why is that? Yes. Yeah, so according to an article from Smart Business, employee lawsuits have risen over 400 percent in the past 20 years, whether it be for wrongful termination or a workplace incident. Employee lawsuits can easily cost companies into the hundreds of thousands of dollars in liabilities. A comprehensive drug testing program not only includes pre-employment drug testing to help vet for the right employees for your company, but it also consists of an effective process for reasonable suspicion testing. I found that information interesting. 400% is an extremely high number of increasing lawsuits. However, despite the economic challenges a company may have to face, is there another legitimate factor as to why pre-employment drug testing is crucial? In addition to picking the right employees for the job, marijuana users are more likely to have accidents on the job. And this is especially true in environments where heavy machinery is required to perform a job. Since marijuana affects our motor function and it slows down our reaction times, this drug, along with the use of heavy machinery, could potentially be fatal. 
According to a study reported by the National Institute on Drug Abuse, employees who tested positive for marijuana had 55% more industrial accidents, 85% more injuries, and 75% greater absenteeism compared to those who tested negative. I liked your statistics and reasoning behind your argument, but Arden, what is your counteractive point of view on this? My first argument is the increase of marijuana use over the past five years and how it has become such a prevalent drug. The legalization of marijuana started in 1993 as California was the first state to pass medical marijuana laws. Since then, 15 states have legalized the use of marijuana and nationwide cannabis sales have increased 67% in 2021, according to flowhub.com. As you can see, the use of marijuana is an extremely common and normal thing for most people. I feel that many employers will have a hard time finding employees due to the commonality of this drug. Many states, such as Alaska, are limiting a company's ability to fire an employee for failing a drug test. Courts have begun siding with workers who say their off-duty use of cannabis for medical reasons led to their unfair dismissal. So not only is marijuana a common drug to take the edge off and relax, but as stated, it is prescribed medically, which is another reason it is such a common drug. So you pointed out how common medical marijuana is, but do you have statistics to back that up? And can you expand on that a bit? Yes. So in 2018, 67% of doctors were in favor of using marijuana for medical purposes, and 85% of adults have been said to approve of the use of medical marijuana. These statistics are emphasized in tabotcompass.com. July 2018, which also states how marijuana can relieve symptoms associated with HIV, AIDS, cancer, Alzheimer's disease, epilepsy, and glaucoma. These are very common sicknesses and diseases that workers all around the world deal with every day. The use of medical marijuana works by reducing pain, anxiety, and can even kill cancer cells. This is a great and useful alternative to taking dangerous and addictive prescription pills. With 65% of people saying that using this has reduced them using at least one over-the-counter prescription, why should employer, employers force employees to release test results relinquishing their HIPAA rights? If people can relieve pain and anxiety while dealing with the disease, why would we be opposed to it and prevent them from working at their dream job? Companies should not be able to have a say in how people are dealing and coping with their sicknesses. The second question we'll focus on is whether or not marijuana use affects productivity in the workplace. My argument is that there is decreased productivity seen in workers who use marijuana. Some effects of that marijuana has on a person are slower reaction times, difficulty thinking and problem solving, memory problems, and impaired body movement. Marijuana users are more likely to make mistakes or underperform compared to non-users. And I'm sure that all companies want their employees to be as productive as possible in order to get better and more work done. You said marijuana users are more likely to underperform compared to non-users, but do you have any proof of this? There was actually a study done by the University College London and it compromised a group of marijuana users who were then split into two groups. Both of these groups were given a vapor, 
One was cannabis and the other a placebo. They were given the choice of completing an easy task for less money compared to a harder task for more money. Those who smoked the cannabis were significantly more likely to choose the easier task despite making less money. And I think this study really supports the idea that marijuana users are less productive and therefore get less work done. How else does marijuana affect our bodies? So adding on to the negative effects of marijuana is slower reaction times. So this drug, along with heavy machinery, could be fatal. There were some studies done by the National Institute on Drug Abuse, and it found that marijuana negatively impacts driving performance. And other researchers have found that the acute use of the drug increases the risk of crashes and fatal collisions. In addition, the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration reported that since medical marijuana was first legalized in Colorado in 2009, the percentage of marijuana positive drivers involved in fatal motor vehicle crashes has increased significantly. Arden, how do you respond to this? And what is your second point? Musicians and artists have long used cannabis to enhance their creativity. According to theconversation.com, August 2020, a recent paper found that using marijuana after work did not hurt people's performance or productivity the next day. Cannabis is well known to reduce stress and help people relax, which makes it an attractive antidote to a stressful day at work. I do think that musicians and artists can definitely benefit from marijuana use but they're also not working the same type of jobs as people in these businesses where drug testing may be mandatory. Can you expand on how marijuana is able to relieve stress and why you think this is important for employees? Yes, so we all know how stressful a busy workday can feel, which is why I believe it is important not to make drug testing a requirement. Sativa strains, which are a form of cannabis, are known to help people focus, and increase productivity and serotonin because most drugs break down very quickly in the body. Tests are designed to identify chemicals called metabolites, which can be detected weeks after use. With this being said, an employer who smoked on vacation over a holiday break will face disciplinary action when the test shows a positive result. I do not find this fair. I feel that every employee should be able to do as they please outside of work as most employees work five days a week, nine to five. Many companies that adhere to drug testing are making a mistake. Why would they miss the opportunity of hiring a smart, talented, and efficient worker all because of one drug test? Arden, I really liked how you mentioned the fact that the use of marijuana can enhance creativity, especially for musicians, which is something that I definitely didn't know. And Isabel, I appreciated how you mentioned the motor vehicle accidents with marijuana positive drivers has increased because that is something that everyone should definitely focus on. In general, I felt you both did a great job at sharing your sides of the debate, and I feel this was a really impactful and beneficial for everyone. After listening to both point of views on this issue, I learned some interesting facts. I liked how Isabel included statistics that showed the severity of employee injuries and absenteeism in those who were marijuana users. 
Another interesting point that I noticed was when Arden pointed out that there were an extremely high percentages of doctors in favor of medical marijuana use. I was not aware that the majority of doctors actually felt this way. I had a lot of fun doing this debate against Arden, and I think this topic is super important because all four of us are going to be in the workforce in the next two years, and we may come into a company that uses pre-employment drug testing. So I think it was definitely cool to kind of see both sides of the debate. I agree. Um, this was my first debate, so I was a bit nervous at first, but I think that both of us had really great points. Um, and like Isabel said, this is a very interesting topic. Um, I am interested to see um, how much it changes by the time we're graduated and uh, starting jobs of our own. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast and make sure to tune in for our next topics.